Anime Death Spiral, the only anime podcast that hasn't taken Saudi investment money. We are back. We are back and we are reading anime like crazy. I actually just linked Nate some really great vintage anime. Nate, can you can you describe uh what I've what I've linked you here? These uh this vintage anime? I the, uh 50s. I I really don't feel comfortable. With that. Can you just describe uh, a couple of these <laughs> these pages of anime that I've linked to you? Could you just describe one or two of them for us? Uh, <laughs> I can only describe what you've linked me as um, relics of a of an awful time. I'm of course yeah. talking about uh, expat community's own uh, comic endeavors, uh, Baby San, and when we get back home. I do not know the author of Baby Sonic. Clearly, they wanted to remain anonymous due to the uh, nuclear levels of racism yeah. in their comics. Uh, that's really what I was trying to uh, steer clear of. Um, but now that you've put it out there, I guess I can comment on on your horrible taste. <laughs> Baby Sonic is one of the most insanely racist things I have ever seen. And you know, the, the problem is, like, it's not even, like, the war propaganda stuff that was, like, look at these evil... Asian people. No, it's, uh, hey, look at these horny weebs. Yeah, they're trying to be, like, funny and playful, and they still come across as some of the most racist shit I have ever seen in my life. The When We Get Back Home comic is much less overtly offensive. It's about American soldiers returning home from being stationed in Japan and their family basically being aghast to discover their husband-slash-father is turned into a weeb. He's returned as a weeb. Oh, oh no! He occupied Japan. I, my son returns from college and he is a weeb. Why did I pay for this degree? It just turned you into a weeb. <laughs> hey, I didn't know you've talked to my dad. <laughs> a typical when we get back home comic is like, okay, there's a man in a, a a sailor outfit. His wife's setting the table behind him, and he's got his son on his lap, and he's spanking him, and he's saying. Don't just say pass the butter, say pass the butter dozo. Oh Jesus Christ. You get it cuz like he's turned into a weeb? Yeah. No, uh I get it. I'm I'm reacting in abject horror. Here's another one. So this one's actually very timely. It's, so we see a marine has returned home. He's still wearing his outfit. And he's wearing a, a mask over his face and his son is running up holding a pistol. And in the uh, to his son he says no, I'm not going to be a bandit. I've just got a cold. Get it? Because, like, nobody... You be, nobody get it because Americans masks. are, like, disgusting and have America. no concept of basic hygiene? Yeah, because Americans are gross, and the, the very basic idea of wearing a mask... Like, offends us on, on a cultural level. It's so bizarre, it's comical. Yeah. Oh, why would I do that? <laughs> uh, a portly uh, army... Officer, you can tell he's an officer because of his stars, and he's not wearing the sailor suit. Uh, he's standing here smoking a big ass cigar in his living room, uh, with his arms crossed very uh, uh, satisfyingly across his chest. And his son is dressed in the classic uh, Japanese uh, schoolboy outfit, and he's pointing up accusingly, and he's saying to his father, "Okay, I'll wear it, but you'll have to help me lick every kid on the block." Love that slang. Love that uh, mid-century slang. That's. That's uh, some dope shit. <laughs> you gotta help me lick the kids on the block. Oh yeah, you like that. I I think I kind of like uh, give him a lick in. It's I don't like, know. I think uh, you know he's got like the, the Joe Taro style going on. 
He's got the hat and the and the the school coat. I have to say, compared to the other children <laughs> depicted in these comics, he does drip hardest. Yeah, like, it, absolutely. That, he does look cool. He looks way cooler than the other 1950s children. <laughs> so it goes to show you, I guess. I'm not sure what it goes to show you, to be honest. I just thought these were incredibly funny. <laughs> it's so weird. It's very weird, but <laughs> it does go to show that weebs have been an issue. Uh, Pretty much the the entire time uh, Western cultures have been in contact with Japan. Oh, that reminds me. This is a this is a great one here. There's a nice segue because I've been wondering what is the weeb equivalent of somebody who like weebs for uh, England or the UK. Oh, oh, they call those uh, um... not Euro booze because that's obviously European countries. And as we've as we very famously know, the UK is not part of Europe. Is it Anglo boo? Tiaboo. Oh, say that again? Uh, Tiaboo, like tea. Like, oh, a Tiaboo. Because, because British people drink tea. Yeah, yeah. So part of, the, part of the cultural exchange. I guess the more common term would be Anglophile, you know, if you want to get uh, nasty. Disgusting. I hate that. Uh, yeah, it sends off bad vibes, just saying it out loud. Don't like it, don't like it. You know, one thing that's really great about the current age is that we have outgrown our bizarre fascination with the english accent there was a very long time in my childhood where having an english accent was like automatically mysterious and cool and sophisticated and uh, that is no longer the case uh it's just annoying (laughs) oh no the internet has exposed everybody as just being the worst Yeah. It, it turns out there is no worst one type of tourist out there uh you you all suck um stay home don't go anywhere nobody wants you there that goes to everybody no, I'd say, i would say no like almost universally i've heard nothing but bad things about british british oh tourists. yeah oh they're the like worst ev- of the worst everywhere i've gone um people say i've heard nice things about australians um and very mean things about british people and don't get me started on the germans <laughs> So the reason I was asking is because, like, obviously this is the cultural exchange. Uh, the 1950s brings uh, weebooism into roaring into life in America. But uh, meanwhile, over in Japan, we were getting a little bit of tiaboo action, right? Because something we read, uh, we both read a little bit of, uh, you more than me, we read and unearthed the old Jeeves and Wooster manga, the, the, the Eastern uh, adaptation of... Uh, the PG Wood, the famous PG Woodhouse book. Well, it, it's it's funny how it came up because I was uh, in my hometown visiting some family a couple weeks ago and talking to a friend of my wife, and and she mentioned the existence of of this this Jeeves and Wooster manga, uh, and I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about? That those words together don't exist. I love that. That's not a real concept." <laughs> like catnip me saying those words together well i i mentioned it to you i'm like hold on i'm gonna i'm gonna ask remy because if anybody knows he knows about this shit and you're like oh yeah i've heard about that here's a link and like (laughs) you did you read it or did you just send it to me no i just read a little bit of it i read the the, you know like the first few pages just to uh, uh, verify the authenticity yeah and it was uh authentic i i read the first volume um which is about 48 pages and it's a pretty authentic um, interpretation of the Jeeves and Wooster 
dynamic from the novels, if you're familiar. The main concept is is Bertie Wooster is just kind of a rich, dumb idiot who stumbles... Accurate. Yeah. Who stumbles through life um, being carried along by his uh, almost superhumanly calm and debonair and collected uh, manservant Jeeves. Well, he's in, he's essentially omnipotent. Yeah. Jeeves. He's almost like a force of nature. So, you know, in that, if you're familiar with the series, it's, it's not a big leap in, in, in adaptation. You know, it's pretty one for one. It's nothing crazy's going on. Um, but I do like the art style. It's kind of drawn in this classic, like, 90s shoujo style with the, with the tall guys with quaffed hair and the big sparkling eyes. Oh, yeah. You know how... Did you ever, like, read any of the early Sailor Moon um, or anything adjacent to that, kind of in that style? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, you know how the main character will often kind of do not like not chibi but just kind of like generally like they'll go into like a super cartoon almost peanuts-esque yes 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 kind of kind of blobs and blobs and lines interpretation of their character yes to express goofiness yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. uh of they course. do that a lot with with wooster uh kind of treating <laughs> chibi him chibi wooster yeah kind of treating him as this he is the bumbling main character, like main high school uh, girl character of a shoujo manga, just as a rich dumb idiot. I definitely could see Bertie Wooster uh, uh, running out of his flat to catch a taxi with some toast in his mouth, uh, which he absolutely does. He, yeah, uh, he he does that, and then he <laughs> he falls into a river uh, because he's not paying attention. Uh, yeah, he's a real dumbass. Yeah, that birdie. It's got it's got all the the mainstay characters. It's got his two like his twin dipshit cousins. Yep, um, hate them. And is uh, uh, staunch Aunt Agatha. And the whole thing is kind of broken down into like these three or four page long like setup and gag uh, mini comics or mini chapters. I guess I would say setup punchline. Yeah, yeah. So you know, uh, from what I remember, it's mostly. Jeeves will do some, do or say something stupid, um, and that'll cause some kind of conflict in the situation. Uh, and then no, Birdie will. Or yeah, excuse me, Birdie will. Um, and then Jeeves. Jeeves would never say something no. Stupid. Jeeves would never say something stupid. Jeeves comes in and and saves Birdie at the last minute, and then says something pithy um, as the punchline yeah. to uh, to the comic. Yes, it's, uh, it's, I mean, why explain? Everybody's read these books. Um, they're self-explanatory, foundational to Western comedic uh, literature. Uh, they're fantastic. Um, and I have to say, the BBC uh, adaptations from, I want to say, the mid-90s are uh, incredibly funny and good. Oh, they're and, great. Uh, Love Stephen Fry me. and Hugh Laurie. Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie uh, basically exist for those characters. They, Love they inhabit me those characters so fully. It's so good. Well, Go out and watch Okay, that. that is one thing that is interesting about the this manga adaptation is that it is it has been created either in in total defiance of or in ignorance of the 90s series because the look of Jeeves and Wooster are very different. Um, G, uh, Jeeves 
uh, is, as you can imagine, much more handsome and fit. Damn, uh, I would say than than Stephen Fry. Just annihilated him. Yeah, sorry, Stephen. I don't mean anything bad by it, but um, wow, uh, you you got nothing on sexy Jeeves. Yeah, you you're not by shoujo in the same way as uh, anime Jeeves is. Um, he's got a bit of a Bruce Wayne quality to his design, kind of like the, he's got the dark black hair, kind of, uh, combed over in a small little coif, and, and Birdie kind of has the traditional, uh, anime dandy haircut, where it's, like, kind of wavy, and it comes down in a frame on either side of his face. He, you know what? You know what? He basically looks like... Lloyd Forger. Uh, a little bit. He looks like Twilight in a lot of the in a lot of the panels from Spy Family. I think that's really funny. Uh, which totally makes sense. Are you looking at him right now? Yeah, I'm looking at a bunch of panels. With yeah, him. I would say later on he looks uh he looks a little bit similar to like a much less exaggerated version of uh, Kakyoin's hair from JoJo. <laughs> Kakyoin. Yeah, Kakyoin. Love me some green emerald. Yeah, so that's dope. Big ups to the. The please Jeeves, the Jeeves yeah. and Wooster. Yeah, we didn't manga. we didn't get to the title. The title is Onagai Jeeves, uh, which may be my <laughs> favorite thing ever, like written down on a on a piece of paper. Jeeves Dozo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. You read anything else this week? Um, yeah, no, I didn't read any anime. I did watch some anime. What'd you watch? So we actually made mention of this way back when when we did the spring lineup from Crunchyroll preview. Uh, we talked a little bit about Skip and Loafer. Did we shit talk it? Uh, no, I think we just mentioned that it was on a list. Um, didn't have a lot to go on at the time. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So uh, no mistakes recorded that I think we have to that we have to eat our eat our tongue on, you know? <laughs> uh, because I did oh, yeah. watch the first seven episodes of this uh yesterday and earlier today as of this recording and i really liked it it is uh i think dare i say one of the good ones in my search for like a decent rom-com anime (laughs) okay you found a you found a little bit of gold yeah crime free so far uh which is hard to do in this day and age Uh, the setup is very cute slice of life stuff it is about a country girl um, who has big dreams to move to Tokyo and enroll in a uh, fancy smart babies academy for special gifted kids. And her dream is to grow up and work in government so that she can uh, work on restorative projects for rural Japan. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, baby, no. Yeah. So right off the bat, this is the kind of uh, person our Mitsumi Iwakura is. Um, Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, So she moves to the city to live with her aunt uh, while she goes to this uh, fancy lad school. And as you could imagine, as is uh, trope worthy of these kind of things, she is late on her first day. Uh, oh no, right? Can't do that. Turns Can't out that, that she was unprepared for the hectic day. The hectic day? Oh god. Hecticness, if that's a word. I'm gonna pretend it is. Can you just say chaos? Yeah, the chaos of the Tokyo transit system. The technical hecticality. 
So she ends up late to the commencement ceremony, but luckily runs into the male lead of the show, Shima, on her way there, who is uh, the kind of the polar opposite of, of her whole personality type. He's kind of a, a laid back, kind of go with the flow kind of dude. Cool. So he's just late to the commencement ceremony because he doesn't give a shit. That's his personality. Yeah, that's his personality is that he just doesn't really care that much. He doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck. Um, he doesn't give a fuck. But, you know, that's why he's sexy. He's kind of I, like... There's nothing sexier than not giving a fuck. Well, he, he kind of comes off like a B-Shoujo sexy version of the dude from <laughs> The Big Lebowski. <laughs> Like he's just missing the uh, <laughs> he's missing the the white Russian, but everything yeah. else is it, wait. Is he also a big loser? <laughs> um, no. So I I mentioned that it's a, a a fancy kids school, and so it's for like rich kids and people who passed a very hard entrance exam, and it is that, wait wait that doesn't sound like the dude at all. Well, so... Uh, that sounds like the opposite of the dude. It, it turns out that he's there because he used to be a child actor. And we haven't really got into that part of his past too much yet. But he doesn't like to talk about it. So Corey, Corey Feldman style. Yeah, so he's already got a little bit of mystery. But other than that, he is uh, mostly uh, supremely laid back in a, a dude-abiding kind of way. Sure, sure. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, in contrast, uh, Mitsumi is the kind of friend that, like, has panic attacks when you skip school. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, we all remember those of those kind of kids. I do. I used to be one. <laughs> uh, if you feel the same way, uh, sorry to inform you, but you used to be a narc. Yeah. Yeah. You should uh, loosen up a little bit. Get yourself a white Russian. <laughs> but But his whole personality is reflected in the fact that he's blonde and has long hair like a golden retriever. Uh, it, is, it is pointed out several times. Cool. And uh, he always uh, wears his jacket kind of hanging off his shoulders uh, like a cool guy does. That's so cool. Oh, that's, this guy fucking kicks ass. Yeah. He's so cool. You know, he does kind of like the thing where he is uh, for a... Japanese person uncomfortably direct with with the way he wants to deal with relationships and like just like talking to people. Right, right. He, be still, my beating heart. <laughs> so, you know, oftentimes gags are centered around her kind of freaking out over how to react or what to say in a given situation. And then he will intuitively basically read her mind and just be like, hey, you're freaking out over nothing. Like, we can just talk about it. It's cool. I love this dude. Which I find, you know, uh, it, it may be saccharine. It may be, it may be a little shallow, but I find it. Uh, I just find it very warming to see in anime when so much of the stuff that I'm used to is centered around this like awful inability to relate to and talk with the opposite sex. Yes. Yes. That also drives me crazy sometimes. A couple. A couple other cool things that I like about it. Doesn't happen as much as I would like to. This one uh, translates the on-screen text for you, uh, which... Well, that's nice of them. It's very nice of them. That is, like, uh, probably top five pet peeves when I'm watching stuff and they don't translate 
like street signs or texts on a phone. You know, this is this is one of those things that we have lost uh, in the professionalization of fucking anime subbing. You know who always did that shit? Who? The popular fan subs. Oh, yeah. They always were so fucking extra. They would do different colors for different characters. They would do on-screen text. There'd be, like, translation notes. I mean, the, the famous Kokaku <laughs> Queen's Plan. <laughs> yeah. That was... That was like on screen. And, and now we like on Crunchyroll or whatever, um, they're always like the most bare bones thing you could possibly imagine. They're a victim of uh, our movement away from piracy. Now I'm, I'm getting mad all over again. Uh, <laughs> no, get mad. Get mad as hell. Where did you watch this? Did you watch it on Crunchyroll? Yeah, it's on Crunchyroll right now. Uh, I think all 12 episodes of the first season are out, but it is also a manga I believe I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna start reading that to see where that goes, uh, because I really do like these characters quite a bit, and I want to see uh, kind of their relationship develop and see and see what happens. Sure, maybe it tanks. Uh, maybe maybe it gets real, uh, real bad with it later on. But I like uh, the current vibe that it's giving, especially in the anime. Uh, it's got a real nice color palette. Um, lots of soft like pastel tones going for it. Cool. It kind of reflecting yeah. how Mitsumi is from a, she's from like a, like a North coast, uh, like beachside town where the train closed down like 10 years ago, like that kind of rural. Wow. Uh, do you think they're going to get married? I don't know. She hasn't, we haven't even gotten to the point where she acknowledges <laughs> that she has like romantic love. Feelings wow, for they him. haven't even gotten there, huh? Uh, twelve episodes. Twelve episodes. I'm on like Jeez. seven, like halfway through seven. Oh, okay, okay. So there's still time. Yeah, I'm, get I'm guessing that is like an end of season kind of thing. Uh, no, she is. She is at the part where she is definitely crushing on this dude, uh, but denying it to uh, herself. Okay. Yeah, it's really funny because, like, you know, dangers in my heart. The the at first half of the first season or, or however they're splitting it up just finished too final episode 12 episodes uh fucking rules i really really like dangers in my heart uh and that one ends basically at that point where he's he he's brave enough to like admit that maybe there's like a relationship happening here the problem of course being then as we have discussed many times now uh there's nowhere to go after that so Maybe it's a good thing they're really stretching it out. So you could get a little more of the character work before uh, the inevitable crash and burn of the rom-com. Well, I mean, there's got to be uh, there's got to be material to go with after they get together. Oh, right? good. I've, I mean, we've we've talked about it a bunch of times. Uh, I have to say, uh, Hori Mia, when they're when they're they reach that point, the uh, the inflection point, they do straight up just talk about marriage, which is really weird. Like, they haven't even gotten into a relationship yet, and the big moment happens, and they're, like, talking about marrying each other, which is just really, really weird. Teenagers, uh, don't, don't get married, you guys. Y- you, can, you can wait. <laughs> I recently went to a bachelor-slash-bachelorette party for some friends of mine uh, down in Portland. This is how you're transitioning? I set you up so good. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. Okay. You, you know my okay, condition. Okay. You know my condition. Oh my god. <laughs> You're you really are. You're like transition blind. Yeah, I am. You need those transition lenses. <laughs> okay, so you're at a you're at a you're at a bachelor party, uh, and some anime happens. Uh, no, no anime actually happened. Um, what? I know. Uh, too much. Huh? Uh, too much like actual adult stuff was happening. What I was trying to set up <laughs> was that we did go to a strip club. Uh, you know what I look like. Uh, would you say that I look like the kind of person that fits in and is, like, uh, comfortable in a strip club? Depends. Did you try to dress up or not? I did. Absolutely not. You did not try to dress up at all? No. I was wearing, uh, I was wearing jean cutoffs and a t-shirt, baby. Uh, was it a weekday? Uh, this was a Saturday night. <laughs> okay, so you probably were you probably did not fit in. Uh, uh no. <laughs> hey, why were all those strippers ignoring me? <laughs> oh my god. Okay, and some anime happened at the strip club. Is that what you're getting at? Uh no, no, I was just uh, comically pointing out how out of place I am at that uh, at a strip club. When are we going to get to the anime factory? <laughs> well, uh, uh the whole experience got me thinking about uh, marriage in anime. You don't see a lot of it, uh, you know, like Disney movies. Wait, can I just point out, it's, you just, you're sitting at a strip club and you're like, marriage in anime. Oh no, this, hmm. came, this came later when I was uh, uh, vomiting home uh, in the hotel room after the strip club. <laughs> okay, so you have your head in the toilet. Yeah, I was thinking, I, I had my head club. in the toilet, I was thinking, I miss my wife. <laughs> How can I talk about this on the show this week? Okay, so that you've got it, you got a uh, bouncing around in your brain, and uh, you're like, "How can I connect this to anime?" Yes. Uh, uh, what I came up with was a list of marriages from anime that I've seen. Maybe you have some of your own you can add to this list, but uh, I, I just wanted to take a moment to appreciate the scant few good relationships out there because it seems so many anime uh, either start with or end with uh, either a, a broken home or a broken relationship, right? Yeah, you know, we definitely have sort of the Spielberg era, late 80s, early 90s phenomenon of like single parents or like parents being just out of the picture constantly um, in anime a lot. You know, uh, and of course, a lot, not a lot of characters ever end up in like an actual committed re relationship, let alone a marriage. Well, you know, uh, the meme, the often. meme is like, where's Ash Ketchum's dad, huh? Uh, why is it just his mom? What happened to his dad? Uh, he became Giovanni. Oh, shit. Well, I'm looking at your list and I do have a couple other ones that are, I, I would add. They're not big, though, you know. Who would you put on here? <laughs> you, first of all, you said Naruto and what's her name. <laughs> That's... That's really messed up, dude. Sure. So uh, that's also like not really like a Boruto thing. Are they not married in Boruto? Th they are. They are married uh, at the end of Naruto. Uh, so you're saying that the majority of their marriage takes place in Boruto? No. Uh, the majority of their marriage takes place completely off screen. Uh, okay. Well, that doesn't sound like a very good anime marriage. If it all happens off screen. No, we, we don't really see a lot of their marriage. Um, and also, frankly, we, 
they don't i definitely pointed this out when we talked about naruto before but like he treats hinata like shit for 800 <laughs> chapters or whatever of the of naruto oh that's right at the end they're like oh uh hey you want to get married <laughs> it's uh a very very bad relationship in my opinion not oh, not one to that's be celebrated, not good i think all right let's let's cross that one off the list that's not a good marriage what do you so what are your criteria for this marriage list like just literally anime characters who are married well you know if they are in fact married uh that is a big bonus to be on the list but i'm really trying to like find a couple that is like in a healthy relationship you know, uh, you may not know what that is, but uh, I've been married a couple times to the same woman. So uh, I've got to have some idea of good criteria. Listen, I'm just looking for a couple who are good at communicating, uh, encourage each other to grow and support each other in times of need, who are on the same page with their wants and needs. You know, just a, a good marriage, someone that people that you like to see together that's what i'm looking for oh so you mean like like in um the ancient magus's bride like that like child bride i don't no i don't i don't think child bride stuff i don't think the, little kids marrying adult men I, that kind of thing i think that should be off the list that's that's not a good no that's that is those. soundly <laughs> off of the good the we good list can't, we can't we can't take those off because that's like a lot of them. <laughs> uh, I I hate to say it, but there's quite a few of those. Okay, well, um, <laughs> cross all of those off. Those aren't on my list. Okay, I'm crossing them all off. You know, it is it is difficult to think of like a lot of healthy relationship. Uh, the first one that comes to my mind is uh, Kilawa's parent uh, from Hunter Hunter. Okay, They're two uh, legendary assassins. They're basically immortal. They're super sadistic and uh, they like physically torture their children as part of their training or whatever. Oh, no. Uh, but they wait, seem to have no, a healthy hold on, relationship. Hold on. No, can't. Yeah, that's got to go off the list. What? Yeah, no, the, the torturing kids thing. You can't torture kids. You can't. All the other stuff was cool, okay, but so, that's, like a, that's like a hard. Hold on. I didn't write the list, but it says it right there in fine print at the bottom no torturing kids. Okay, so it can't be child bride, and you can't torture any children. It uh, really they, should. You should have no children anywhere near this list. Oh my god! Well, that makes it so much harder. <laughs> okay, well, give me give me some of your examples, and I'll tear them down. Okay, well, uh, first one that comes to mind: uh, Goku and Chi Chi from from Dragon Ball Z. That's uh, everybody loves them, although it's questionable as whether they're still married because Goku died all those times. Like, yeah, it is till death do us part. Yeah. And he died like four or five times. And, you know, he wasn't really there like to raise his child because he was either fighting or dead all that time. Uh, also the, you know, the, the big thing about his relationship with Chi Chi is like, he slipped in the bath one day and like accidentally stuck his dick in her, and that's where <laughs> Gohan comes from. Like they've never actually like consciously uh, consummated that relationship. Yeah, I was uh, I was trying to avoid that. It, it does make me a little uncomfortable that mentally Goku is basically a a child. <laughs> He's he does not know what sex is. He has a son. He does not know what sex. Is. Okay, all right. I I think we gotta take 
uh, we got to take them off the list. Um, uh, <laughs> that makes me feel uncomfortable about Chi-Chi's decisions in life. Again, he is mentally a child bride. Okay, all right. Uh, well, <laughs> moving on. Uh, the most obvious one, uh, super hot anime right now. Everybody, everybody's probably thinking this one as soon as we start talking about marriage. Spy Family. Uh, Lloyd and Yor. Uh, how, how are they not the perfect relationship? Every time they interact with each other, I'm just like, damn, I wish I had that. <laughs> God, why isn't that me? We all, we all keep uh, horrible secrets from, from the people that we're pretending to love uh, in order to to gain social standing that's just kind of like being alive in 2023 you know the funny thing about their marriage uh in a i think in a standard setup like that the whole joke would be that they're like constantly lying to each other but in spy family they also layer in the fact that like your is again a mentally a child bride <laughs> like she doesn't know what sex is either she does not know what it is damn you're uh, right uh that uh that does make it a little bit weird when you think about it that way yeah yeah i know okay well that and and the constant lying kind of goes in conflict with my uh you know requirement to be open and honest with each other so i mean i guess if it, it that doesn't seem like a deal breaker to me but whatever <laughs> well uh <laughs> I sleep in a big bed with my wife. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> okay, fuck off, buddy. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. Well, all right. Full Metal Alchemist. Um, the uh, Elric brothers, uh, alchemy teachers, Izumi and Sig. Uh, they had a great relationship, right? Now, is that the one? Is that the chick that um sacrifices her? her still in utero infant in order to like punch a guy stronger or, or am I mixing that up? Uh, yeah, I think that, that about, that about covers it. Is that the same person or not? Well, I don't think it, it's quite that it's been a while since I've read it. Uh, <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> then what is it? Cause I seem to have a memory of a chick who basically like sacrifices uh, her uterus or whatever so that she could punch stronger she she doesn't that know remember. that that's what she's sacrificing at the time that she does it if that makes sense you don't know what you have to give up until it's too late uh which is kind of a big a, wow. a big theme profound i know that's crazy dog i never even thought about it like that that's fucking crazy dog <laughs> wow maybe full metal alchemist is the best anime uh, it's definitely the best relationship so far because they still stayed married after after going through a tragedy like losing a child like that. So you know that's uh, that's big ups for uh, for their relationship status. I would say. I guess. I guess. Is that the first one we can keep on the list? Yeah. Sure. Sure. Why not? I have no objections. All right. Uh, and the last one that I had written down here, which I can't remember if you ever went and watched this, but. Uh, Isaac and Miria from Bacano, their whole thing is they are ageless immortals and they're just kind of like dumb, goofy idiots that go through different eras of life, like deciding to just do stuff that seems fun to them. So, you know, one era they're pirates and and next they're clowns and then they're bank robbers. Uh, and they just kind of go through life picking new identities together 
to to restart their relationship each time. I think that's very cute. Okay. I hard for me to add anything because uh, I've ignored Bacano for uh, like dude, a decade and a half. You really whatever. should you really should give it a watch. It's not that it's not a big time sink. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the one about the train? It it, it it's about a lot of stuff, but uh, it's about multiple timelines, not timelines, but uh, stuff happens at different times and it shows it out of order, uh, if you know what I mean. Okay. So, yes, the the main present story is happening on a train, but we're cutting in and out to before and after it uh, throughout the series. Okay, okay. I, I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. Well, here's my bonus one before we take a break. Uh, I think uh, Kaiman and Nikaido from Dorhedoro are basically the best uh, old married couple uh, in all of in mangadom. Even if it's not official, <laughs> they, he just sits there and talks about how much he loves his wife's cooking, and that's their daily routine. That's just what they do. Uh, that is actual unironic relationship goals for me. Hell yeah, hell yeah! I love, love that. I love that interpretation. Love that. That's a good one. I think they're so fucking great. Yeah. And it's like the whole thing is like, hey, you fucking, my wife like wandered off. I'm going to go see what. Yeah. Where's like, my wife? I need my gyoza. She like didn't even leave me any gyoza. I got to go find her. This is bullshit. I need my gyoza. Okay. Okay. Well, thinking about relationship statuses is really bumming me out. So let's take a break so I can like uh, shed a few tears. Okay. All right. Get it out of your system. Oh, man. <laughs> guys uh i know you assumed we were gonna let pride month sneakily sneak by us uh but you are wrong oh ho ho uh, do not misjudge us as we've stated many times uh i i'm i'm an ally i'm a, i'm a male ally i'm, I'm a fem- i'm a male feminist uh i'm good i'm one of the good guys i'm a good one i'm a good ally uh so naturally uh we have to do uh our, our pride month segment uh, because we're both good allies in male feminists. Um, Absolutely. So, so we can't let we can't let Pride Month sneak by. You know, the, the anime and manga can sometimes have a representation problem. I I don't know if we're breaking uh new ground talking about that. I don't um, think so. But, uh, but every once in a while, there's like some really uh interesting um queer representation in in manga and anime, and I just wanted to shout out some of the characters that I think are uh both. Queer and uh, interesting and cool to me. Uh, before you get into your stuff, can I just jump in? Because this actually ties into Skip and Loafer. I was very pleasantly surprised to find out while watching that that it has one of the uh, more uh, respectful and tastefully done uh, representations of a trans character that I've seen in anime up to this point. Mitsuo's aunt that she lives with in Tokyo is a trans woman and uh they don't try and lampshade it or or be like tongue in cheek about it like they acknowledge what 
she identifies as and the struggles that that she goes through living uh in in japan in tokyo as uh as a trans woman she's successful she's not like you know homeless or or anything like that she uh, has her own apartment uh she has money she's funny she's upbeat uh and i really like that uh so so another plus one go watch that show skipping loafer okay look i know i know you're you're super eager to prove that you're a good male feminist ally um but you didn't need to jump right ahead of me you could have saved that for your own list okay now that he's just uh, <laughs> stolen my thunder here but i'm just gonna go into it because i have i have a list of characters that i want to talk about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stole my fucking pole position motherfucker jealous okay the first one the second one i guess uh, <laughs> get him where you got him motherfucker okay i, I want to shout out a currently running series marriage toxin i think you mentioned it earlier marriage toxin no marriages oh excuse me one marriage the uh uh bug user does get married is it a toxic marriage it is not a toxic marriage because then i feel let down by that title uh marriage toxin is about the man who uses toxins to fight not the bug user who is a tertiary character and does ride uh down the aisle on a pair of giant centipedes Mm. if that helps to sell the manga to you it's uh pretty good but kinasaki is non-binary and they usually use female pronouns and uh present as female but is they make it very clear in the manga that they are they are non-binary and uh there you know it's not maybe not great that you know they're the only queer character in the in the manga so far and their job is to swindle people out of their money using marriage schemes uh maybe that's not so great but you know what kinosaki is lovable uh they're adorable they're very funny and uh they're a good guy now uh so that that's cool that's good hey i love a good, uh, good guy positive uh queer representation even if uh, part of it is that they're a criminal, specifically using their gender to entrap men. Uh, don't, don't worry about that part. Kinosaki, we love you. Love that. Uh, who, who, do you, who, who do you got? Uh, <laughs> I've got um, Liron from Gurren Lagann. The mechanic. Yes, the, uh, the camp gay mechanic. You know, uh, in retrospect, not a lot of the jokes surrounding him have aged super well. But he was always portrayed as a very vital and well-liked member of the group. Sure. Uh, and I always thought he was funny. I like his character design. I, I do regret uh, <laughs> some of the writing choices they went with. They're, they're not always great. And I do want to point out that Leron is that that trope is used constantly. I mean, there's one of these guys. There is a Leron in the new Zelda game. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, even. Yeah. Like, so... That's a guy we see a lot. The uh, the kind of like sultry, campy, predatory gay. Okay. Anyway, so I wanted to shout out Yoshiki and Hikaru from Hikaru Gashinda Natsu, one of the hottest series running right now. Absolutely fucking fantastic. It's some boys love shit. Uh, it's got some weird mystery stuff to it. It's a great series. But Yoshiki and Hikaru, uh, the entire series is built on their kind of like unspoken uh, love for each other as they kind of try to like feel each other out. They're incredibly cute, adorable characters. I love them so much. And since the story is like so much about them figuring out like their baby queer tendencies, it's like it's like 
uh, that's tasty. It works very, very well. I'm very proud of this, <laughs> this choice. <laughs> it makes me a good male feminist and an ally. <laughs> okay, what, what do you got? Uh, I want to shout out to uh, Utena from Revolutionary Girl Utena. Uh, the the classic lis- <laughs> lipstick lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> She's high femme. Yeah. Uh, uh, Killer with a sword. Uh, love that Steven Universe influence. A lot of good stuff came out of there. Uh, love the rose aesthetic. Who do you got? Uh, I want to shout out Toru Mutsuki from Tokyo Ghoul Re. R-E. That's the uh, uh, not a sequel sequel to Tokyo Ghoul. Toru is a trans man who is given, uh, you know, a lot of respect for his his gender identity, despite actually using his trans status as like a plot point multiple times in the story. But like handled, in my in my opinion, and whether that matters or not, whatever, uh, pretty well. I think Toru is a really interesting character. Toru gets room to breathe both as just a person in the story, and as a trans man, uh, Toru is allowed to be complex um, and interesting and have interesting conflicts. Uh, Toru, uh, you fucking rock. Sorry about all the, the shit that happens, but, uh, you know, uh, it's a nasty series. A good nasty series. Uh, Toru, you rock. What do you got? Um, I would like to give a shout-out to uh, uh, drag icon James from Pokemon Team Rocket. Now, uh, again, far be it from us to make declarative statements. Uh, all of this is uh, alleged, <laughs> but uh, I don't think more characters uh, in a kids' show have appeared uh, in drag over the course of of their entire show's lifetime more than James. Well, boy, I'd have to sit down and think about that one. Uh, I'm just saying there was a famous band episode where he won the swimsuit the bathing contest. Bathing suit contest. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yes, uh, very nice. So, Good uh, job, I James. think that counts. Uh, and I don't see a ring on that finger. <laughs> James is a hottie confirmed. Uh, we love you, James. That earring doesn't mean he's a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want to shout out uh obviously and he's really having a moment right now but i want to shout out luffy from one piece he is the ace representation that we all wanted the man couldn't care less about sex if he tried <laughs> now not to get confused with obviously with his his brother ace who demon, is a sexual demon who who is actually one of the most straight characters in all of anime uh so we don't want to make that that mistake but luffy you're queer you don't know it you don't care uh, we love you <laughs> <laughs> all right i would like to give a big shout out to uh griffith from berserk uh no twink has caused more grief <laughs> absolute by icon yeah griffith from berserk uh <laughs> you know what he's about uh, and when he wants something he fucking wants it baby <laughs> uh griffith you're a queer icon and we love you <laughs> uh never has a breakup gone so bad uh, a man has never been down bad more than griffith was down bad that is that is absolutely true on that note uh i want to shout out dio from jojo's bizarre adventure oh absolute oh, by icon absolute absolute queer king i mean this dude is a legend pansexual god he's a sexual he's literally a sexual god uh, he wanders the earth, like, just hitting on, like, the sexiest men who have ever existed and just turning them into his slaves. Uh, this dude is absolute 
absolute uh, queer royalty. I mean, he, he goes for it all. Like, men, women, ghosts, demons, witches. Bones. Yeah, uh, skeletons. <laughs> yeah, uh, stands. Yeah. This dude is crazy, man. Uh, Dio, big ups, we love you. I, uh, uh, I would like to give a big shout out to Shinji from Evangelion, who uh, is not gay, but desperate enough to, to go for guys anyway. He's he is the very definition of questioning. Yeah, like he when people ask him his sexuality, he literally puts a question mark down. <laughs> I don't know. Please tell me. Hope you f- someday. I hope you figure it out, Shinji. I really do. I'm rooting for you, boy. Yeah, this one uh, is for every uh, every every crying in the dark moment that you had. Okay, I want to shout out Utena, but not that Utena. I want to shout out the Utena from gushing over magical girls. Please don't say uh, that. Please don't say the title. <laughs> She, Utena is from Gushing Over Magical Girls. She is uh, absolute about them girls. Uh, she actually, like, is so into girls, it gives her fucking magical bondage powers. Incredible. I mean, whomst among us has that kind of passion? I love you, Utena. Uh, your comic's fucking weird, but uh, you rock. Queer icon. Uh, I'm gonna give a shout out to Quan Chi from Chainsaw Man, uh, uh, lesbian, uh, polyamorous quintuple. <laughs> okay, with, with with demons and zombies. Yeah, sure, sure. Her <laughs> dear uh, demon vowed. I guess. Okay, fine. Yeah. Uh, I want to shout out obviously Tetsuo from Ureto. Tetsuo, again, is a, a trans man. A lot of the story pivots around Tetsuo's difficulties. Being a trans man in, like, 50s Japan, story fucking kicks ass. There's so much weird gender shit going on in Ureto. Uh, he, he picks up a boy and, like, kind of force fems him at one point. It's very funny. Uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of gender play in Ureto. Go out. Uh, that is a perfect queer choice for the end of Pride Month. Get out there. Read Ureto. Uh, Tetsuo, you're a queer icon. <laughs> All right, does that uh, does that do it for us for today? Are you out? I'm out. That's that's my list. Wow. So so this proves that in the contest of queer icons, uh, Nate drops out. I continue. Oh shit! I am the stronger ally. Uh, Nate, you uh, are not a good male ally. I'm uh, sorry. All right. All right. Sashay away. <laughs> I guess I'll go uh, <laughs> register Republican now. All right, I've got I've got a couple more. I'm just going to shout out real quick. All right, okay. go through them. First of all, first of all, here we go. Okay, every single character in Sakamoto Shinichi's version of Dracula. Holy shit. That is the queerest version of Dracula uh, that exists under the sun. Uh, fuck, shouldn't have said that. Not a pun. <laughs> it's the craziest shit you've ever seen. Uh, I want to shout out Togata from Fire Punch, another trans man in a weird, difficult situation because of the whole, like, can't cut your rests off because you're immortal and uh you they just grow back what a what a what a pinch the uh x-men apocalypse sur- uh, scenario yeah yeah that's that's tough uh togata i'm, I'm rooting for you um i want to shout out luca esposito from astro lost in space luca esposito is literally hermaphroditic and uh is forced to reveal it to the party uh with a gun against their head in one of the only non-light-hearted moments of action in that entire series uh but you know what everybody's cool with it so go luca we love you luca you're great i want to shout out hisoka from hunter hunter the less said about that the better (laughs) (laughs) 
I want to shout out Kono and Hasebe from show favorite Fujimi lovers. Oh, love that Fujimi lovers. No matter what scenario they find themselves, no matter what bodies they find themselves, uh, gender, uh, sexuality, nothing matters. These two uh, are queer icons. A love that transcends reality. Yes, yes. And uh, not queer icons, but I just want to, I got a couple bonus. I want to shout out Takahata Shun and Amaya Takeru. As a pairing from As the Gods Will, you know the moment. Absolutely iconic gay kiss. One of the most iconic gay kisses in all of manga. Um, only to be outdone uh, in As the Gods Will Part 2 by Akashi Yasuto and Yushimitsu Kiyoshiro, who also have the most iconic gay kiss. That series is just killing it uh, in terms of straight men kissing each other. Uh, <laughs> uh, and my, my last bonus is like, a good third of the cast of Bokura no Kiseki, uh, as I detailed quite thoroughly before, uh, is the manga about characters uh, reincarnating as high school kids from the fantasy land. And uh, about a third of the cast end up in the uh, in the opposite gender and have to figure that all out. Mm. Uh, not exactly uh, what I would call um, <laughs> um, great. Uh, trans representation or anything, but uh, but hey, uh, it, it is something. That's there's some gender play involved. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so shout out to Bokura no Kiseki, those characters who are figuring out their new bodies. Uh, have fun, you guys. That's uh, that's that's Pride Month in the in the bag right there. Uh, we got a whole gaggle of uh, great queer representation. Uh, I hope uh, I hope that inspires you to uh, get a little bit of uh, pride into your reading schedule um, for uh, the next uh, day, I suppose. Yeah, uh, you could probably fit in a couple of these in a day. Yeah, I believe a, a you. young, uh, a motivated listener can accomplish many things. Yeah. Hey, read some manga. Hey, go watch some anime. Um. Okay. Yeah. So, well, we'll wind down and we'll give you the opportunity to go off and and you watch some anime. You read some manga. Get some queerness up in there. We just gave you a bunch of options, so you no longer have uh, any excuse. Uh, queer up your manga, people. And uh, once again, I am going to jump in and shamelessly beg. Um, if you do actually listen to this, uh, <laughs> share it, please. Help us, please. Oh God, this again. Yeah. No, we uh. You tasked me with this. Uh, we got we got to get this out here. So I need to I need to do the hard part. I'm I'm not looking. I'm not looking right now. Hey, I, uh, share us with your friends. Follow us on Twitter uh, at Anime oh, Death God. Spiral. No A in death. Uh, I'm so sorry. I know. I'm so sorry about. This. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. Please, <laughs> please share the show. All right, bye. That's it. Okay, okay. Um, your absolute best and most accepting and awesome, uh, great allies, great feminists, male allies, feminists, uh, signing, signing off now. Uh, uh, happy Pride to you. Uh, 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 goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>